The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? Jesus replied to them, what sort of things? And they said to him, the things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with, then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described. But him they did not see. Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going to go further. But they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in and stayed with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread and said the blessing. He broke it and gave it to them. And with that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem where they found gathered together the eleven and those with them who were saying, the Lord has truly been risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
Don't you think it's a little peculiar that these disciples, the men in Jesus's inner circle, some of Jesus's closest friends do not recognize him? They only saw him a few days before. This is a strange thing. And it seems to happen again and again and again in the resurrection stories. Again and again, he is mistaken for his identity. They don't recognize him. One time in one resurrection story, they think he's the gardener. And in another story, they think he's a traveler on the way, on the road to Emmaus. Another time they think he's a sunbather lying by the shore of the the sea. And in a third time, a fourth time, they even think he's a ghost. Again and again and again, these men and women who were so close to Jesus, his intimate friends, do not recognize him until their eyes are opened after being with him for a while. I think Jesus is trying to give you and I a message about the way that the risen Christ comes to us. Christ comes to us in disguise. Christ, the risen Christ, likes wearing disguises. He likes dressing up as different people in our lives. The gardener, the traveler on the way, the guy lying on the beach, sometimes even the scary one, the ghost in the room. Jesus, the risen Christ, likes wearing disguises. What Christ is trying to tell you and me is that he appears again and again. He never stopped appearing. He's still appearing. He's appearing to you, but he's coming to you in all of these disguises. And if you haven't recognized it, it's only because your eyes are not yet opened, as the scriptures say. Let me give you only three examples, and all three come from today's gospel story. They meet Jesus on the way, and they say how they have lost hope because they were hoping Jesus would be their savior, and he turned up being executed. What does Jesus do? He meticulously goes through each of the Old Testament prophets, showing how the prophets explained, revealed that the Christ would have to suffer. And so one of the guises that the risen Lord likes to have for you and me is the guise of a teacher. Every single one of you can think of a time probably recently when you just had it wrong. You had it wrong. You had it wrong at work. You had it wrong in your family. And Christ came in the guise of a teacher. Someone a loved one, maybe a stranger, maybe even someone you don't get along with, someone came along and explained it patiently to you, meticulously to you, thoroughly to you until you finally understood. The risen Christ comes as teacher. And then they get to Emmaus and they sit at table and Christ feeds them and their eyes are opened. Christ comes as the one who feeds Every single one of you can think of some time recently when you were hungry, maybe really truly hungry, and Christ fed you through someone else, through food. But probably it was some other sort of hunger, a hunger for an affirmation, a a hunger for companionship, some hunger that was inside of you. 
and someone gave you that affirmation, someone gave you that companionship, someone fed you with the very nourishment that you needed. That was Christ. That was Christ who came to visit you. And finally, and I've saved the best for last, this is what I find to be the most remarkable thing about the Emmaus story. These disciples, they should be in Jerusalem. They're supposed to meet Jesus in Jerusalem and they're going away from Jerusalem. And Jesus knows this and here's what he does. He walks seven miles in the wrong direction. He walks seven miles in the wrong direction with these disciples. Isn't that just like Jesus? And he never says anything. He patiently explains and he feeds them. And only after that encounter do they turn around and go the other way. I'm sure you all know that that, that touching little parable about the footprints in the sand. Most people know this. You see it on the little cards or on plaques on the wall. It's so common that it's become a bit of a cliche, but the story of of uh, a man who, who has a dream and he's dreaming that, that he sees two sets of footprints in the sand and he knows one is Jesus and the other is his own. And then during the hardest, most difficult parts of his life, perhaps when he's lost his spouse or, or when he lost his job, he only sees one footprint and, and he says to Christ, why were you missing? Why is there only one footprint? And he, Jesus says, well, those are the times that I was carrying you. That's a beautiful story and I love that and it's absolutely true that Christ carries us during those difficult times. But you know, I'm actually more touched by the fact that you'll see two footprints in the sand when you're walking in the wrong direction. That even when you're walking in the wrong direction, Christ is right there at your side. And if it takes seven miles, he'll walk seven miles with you in the wrong direction because that's just who Christ is. Christ wants to be your companion even when you're not going in the right direction. He never abandons us. He's always at our side. And only when our eyes are open can we look back at those moments, the moments we walked seven miles in the wrong direction and see that Christ was with us all along. My friends, the risen Lord has appeared to you.